I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told. So I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Welcome back, everybody. It's another episode of the Athletic Hockey Show. Ian Mendes with you, as always, in the host seat for a Thursday episode of the podcast. But this week, Sean McIndoe, down goes Brown, is off on vacation. So we've got a full show with Jesse Granger as our uh, co-host. And ahead in this podcast, uh, we're looking forward to a uh, conversation with uh, the always insightful Robin Leonard. Plus... We'll talk about Connor McDavid's comments this week about officiating in the NHL. We'll toss around some ideas uh, for ESPN, TNT, maybe, you know, Sportsnet. If they ever decide to do something like the Manning brothers on Monday Night Football for an NHL broadcast, uh, who would make the best ex-hockey players in that role? So we'll have some fun with that. And we'll also have some fun with a couple of prop bets for the upcoming season because we like to have Granger things. But guess what, boys and girls? It's like Granger Things is here for the whole show. And we bring him in. He uh, covers the Vegas Golden Knights. He always uh, joins the podcast on Thursdays for Granger Things. It's Jesse Granger. And I got to ask you, you know, we, we, we called your segment Granger Things. And I never even asked you, did Jesse Granger watch Stranger Things? Yeah, I I watched the first season when it first came out and yeah. then I just I don't I didn't I wouldn't say I lost interest. It wasn't a bad show. I just kind of forgot about it. So I haven't watched I don't even know how many seasons they've gone since then. So I do I am aware of Stranger Things. I saw the first season. I know what it is, but I'm not like super up on it. Wow. Okay. See, now I feel bad that I can't be making jokes about Dustin and Eleven and all these little subtle jokes I could be making in Granger <laughs> Things. I'll have to uh to take a pass. But you know what? I, and I think it's important too, like for our listeners to, to kind of sometimes to get to know the hosts, right? A little bit. And we kind of like, because they only know us as these beat writers who cover the game. So as I'm looking at Jesse Granger's Twitter profile, I notice your profile pic is of you playing goalie. Yes. You got a goalie mask on. So uh, like, are you straight up a goalie right now? Or have you always been a goalie? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I, I grew up in Colorado playing just like roller hockey at first and then kind of graduate or, or street hockey actually at first and then and then graduated roller and ice. But but I've mostly played roller hockey um, for most of my life and I still do now. Um, I play men's league three nights a week, four nights a week when I can during the season. Not as much, obviously, but uh, uh, those pictures were from a tournament in California. I get to travel and do some big tournaments every once in a while. Obviously not at a high level, but I am a goalie at heart and I, and I do love uh, watching the goalies in the NHL, too. <laughs> Okay, so who is who is Jesse Granger's like who is your favorite goalie as a kid? Like who is yeah. your guy? 
So I actually got to write a story about this on The Athletic when we when they let us. Uh, I, it was when the pandemic kind of had us shut down and we all wrote like our favorite athlete growing up. And, and it's a kind of a strange story. So I grew up in Colorado and you'd think it'd be Patrick Waugh because he was when I was a kid, that was the era of the, the yeah. Avs winning all those. And I was an Avs fan as a kid, but actually Dominic Hasek was my favorite goalie. And the reason is when I first started playing goalie. Obviously, my parents aren't just going to buy me all this expensive gear. So I was like kind of piecing together my street hockey goalie gear, like at Goodwill piece by piece. And I was using a mask, just like a Cooper mask, like a normal forward mask would wear because (laughs) I couldn't find a a real goalie mask. And then one night I saw this goalie on TV and I'm like, that guy's got the same crappy mask that I do. (laughs) And he's in the NHL. So he's my favorite. And I didn't even know he was good. I was just like, that guy wears the same mask as me. So he's my favorite. And and obviously he's the greatest goalie to ever live. So not a bad guy to pick. Dominic Kashuk was my guy. Okay. But were you flexible? And even now, like, look, I'm, I'm 44 now. The flexibility is gone for me. Uh, you're younger than me. Are you still able to, like, and even in your, pro- like, were you, are you a flexible goalie? I mean, all goalies have to be flexible, but are you, are you like Gumby? I'm definitely not, like, the most flexible goalie. Um, I'm, I'm 6'3", 230, I'm not, I'm not uh, a little slinky guy. I'm more of a big positional goalie, like the guy we're talking to later today. Yeah. Um, but but I'm a lot more flex. I'm 31. I'm a lot more flexible right now than I would be if I hadn't played goalie um, for most of my life. So so I'm definitely more flexible than 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 I would be if I hadn't been doing this. Okay, let me tell you a quick Dominic Hasek story that you'll appreciate because Dom spent one season in Ottawa, 2005, 2006. He spent one year with the Ottawa Senators. Okay, and back in the day, uh, Jesse, I used to do. I used to work in television, and every week I did a show on Sportsnet. Uh, and and the local uh, Rogers uh, television channel here in Ottawa. It was like a, a weekly magazine show about the Ottawa Senators, okay? And we would film inside the dressing room. So after practice, you know, let's say the Senators practice at 10 a.m. or 11 a.m., they would finish practice, and then I would essentially get the locker room to myself, and I would have a uh, um, a cameraman come in, and we would shoot, you know, the the, the beginning and the ending of the show. Well, I'll never forget this. One day I go in and, but Dominic Hasek's not done yet. Okay. So Hasek mm-hmm. is at his stall and he's like, go ahead. I'm like, what do you mean? Go ahead. He's like, yeah, go ahead. And, but the weirdest thing, Jesse, is he was peeling and he was eating an orange and he was just peeling this orange very slowly, very methodically and watching me. And I'm like, this is like a dream. Like, you know, when you have weird dreams and you're like, Hey man, what'd you dream about last night? Like, I had a dream I was doing something and Dominic Hasek was watching me while peeling an orange. (laughs) This happened. And it was just, he was such a weird, quirky, like, you know, just a weird guy. And I know all of, but here's what's weird about, not weird, but with you, you don't strike me as that quirky, quirky goalie. Yeah. Maybe it's because you haven't been around me at the rink. Just doing the podcast is a little yeah. different. If you if you came around the rink, you'd probably think I'm a weird goalie too. <laughs> okay, yeah. All, again, like you said, we'll we'll have some fun with you know. Robin Leonard is such a he's such a terrific interview. He's so insightful. Yes. Uh, and you know what? Maybe we're going to ask Robin to give you some goaltending tips. Okay? I, I'm sure he'll have some for me. Yeah, some goalie <laughs> tips from Robin Leonard. So we're looking forward to that. Hey, it's kind of a quiet week in the news cycle at this stage of the game as we're recording this on a Thursday. Uh, training camp is a few days away, but how about Connor McDavid uh, speaking to reporters this week? And I, I thought this was a really interesting story by our uh, Daniel Nugent Bowman 
in The Athletic, where Connor McDavid is basically asking for some more consistency out of the rule book. Here's the quote from McDavid earlier this week, Jesse. He says, um, and remember, let's go back to the Stanley Cup playoffs when not a single penalty was called against McDavid, right? Which is kind of eye-opening. And Dom Luschichin, I thought, did a, a wonderful job mm-hmm. writing about that last spring. Uh, here's the quote from McDavid this week. And he says, quote, you obviously want to call the rule book. That's what it's there for. If you call each and every penalty, uh, there's lots of them. But if there's lots of penalties, there's lots of penalties. That's just the way it is. The rule book is there for a reason, and you want to call it with integrity. If you let guys get away with certain things, they're going to keep getting away with certain things. It's a tough job for the referees, and it's something I don't envy. Connor McDavid basically saying, hey, call the rule book. So do we think that this is going to carry any weight this season? Um, probably not. Uh, I just because, just because like, and, and I agree with everything Connor said, and I, and I totally agree with him that they should call more penalties, but I just don't see the referees making this drastic change where they go from obviously not calling everything that happens because there'd be a power play every three minutes to just giving power plays away all game long. I just don't see it happening. Um, I think it should, or at least it should trend in that direction. I think when you look at other sports, they are changing their rules, not just changing the emphasis of the rules that are called, but actually changing the actual rules of the game. You look at the NFL to protect its stars, right? To protect the quarterbacks. We want these starting quarterbacks that are the stars. We want them out there on the field every night. That's what people pay to see. And I think in hockey, it's almost the opposite. We allow the rules to to hurt the stars and make the stars' jobs harder and and not hurt physically, although that does happen with penalties, but but we let players get away with things that they shouldn't get away with to allow them to hang with the stars and, and make the stars worse off. So I don't really understand that part. Um, it's just kind of how hockey's always been. But I think it wouldn't be a bad idea for the NHL to kind of lean in that direction and start protecting those stars and letting those guys do what they do, because that's the most fun part of hockey. You know what? You, you bring up such a great point, because even if you look at let's look at all the other big time sports and you always think that, you know, LeBron James the, the rules are a little bit different for him. Uh, you think of the NFL, like you can't touch Patrick Mahomes, right? Like right. if you touch Patrick Mahomes or Brady or whoever we want to say is an elite quarterback, they've changed the rules. Even in baseball, I always think to myself, you know, the Mike Trouts of the world, they're going to get a different strike zone than, than somebody just coming in. But hockey's different. And these McDavid comments to me, I think what's disappointing is when I ask you, do you think this is going to have an impact? You're like, yeah, probably not. And it's just like, wow, ho-hum, that's hockey. And it's like, why does it have to be like this? Like, I think we need to do a better job. There's this weird thing about hockey where we have this misconception in our mind that unless you are just play through it and look, this thing drove Mario Lemieux out of the game in his prime. You know, Mario Lemieux was like, forget this. I, I can't, I'm not dealing with this in the 90s. And that should have been the warning sign for us. And, you know, you'd hate to think that Connor McDavid is going to become disenchanted with the game. Like to me, when the McDavid's and let's say, let's put McKinnon in there, at least when these people speak, we need to listen. That's what I think. You know, I, I completely agree. And, and the, and his point about, well, if there's a bunch of penalties, then call a bunch of penalties. I don't think anyone 
is bored with power plays, right? And especially power plays by the teams that have the stars that are drawing all these penalties. I think if they suddenly start calling these penalties, games are going to be entertaining and and those penalties will go down because if they start calling every hook, every slash, every trip, the players will stop doing it eventually, right? Like right yep. now, they do it all the time because they get away with it. And you say, well, if you called every hook, there'd be a penalty every three minutes. Well, that's because they're getting away with it. Of course, they're going to do it. If suddenly every time you did that, you got a penalty, players would stop trying to get away with those things. And I think it would quickly change. It's, you're, you're not going to just have a game full of power plays. You know, and I think what's interesting about McDavid's comments is as we start to think about training camp and then obviously the season, and we're going to have some fun with a couple of prop bets uh, ahead. Uh, you start to think about what could this season be for Connor McDavid? Because if you prorate his numbers from last year's 56-game campaign where he broke 100 points, he would be north of 150 points. And I think it's going to be super fascinating because you will get the detractors, Jesse, who say, yeah, but he only did it against Ottawa and Vancouver. And, you know, it was weakened, like kind of a watered-down division. Now he's going to be up against 31 other teams. Uh, Do we think this will have an impact on McDavid? He's going to be obviously playing an 82-game season. Do you think there's a possibility he could flirt with 150 points, which only uh, we talked, Haley and I talked about this in the podcast on Monday. I think there's only been five guys in the history who have gotten to that plateau, and it's Lemieux, it's Gretzky, it's Iserman, it's Bernie Nichols, and Phil Esposito, and that's it. Can he flirt with it? Do you think he can legitimately flirt with 150 points or are we setting the bar too high? Um, I don't know if he can. I hope he can. It'll be a lot of fun. I mean, you you talk about those names that have done it. The goaltending has improved so much, so drastically in the last 20 years, whatever it is, just in terms of percentages and how hard it is to score. I think it's harder for McDavid to do it than it would have been for any of those guys. Um, and I and I agree with you. And I think that's to me, that's one of the most the things I'm looking forward to the most this season is, is McDavid on a nightly basis because... I think early on it was, well, he's doing it against the North Division, and, and, and everyone kind of had this negative connotation yep. towards the North. But even if you take that away, and like obviously that was proven, Montreal, <laughs> I cover the Golden Knights, I know better than anyone, that was proven to not be true. But even if you take away the, the, the image of the North, whatever it is, no matter what division it was, last year was different. It's not the same. Um, I say the same thing about like Golden Knights players. Mark Stone, he, had his, he was almost a point-per-game player. Okay, let's see if he can do it not playing against the same division opponents every... Uh, Logan Thompson, the Golden Knights' top goalie prospect, he was the best goalie in the AHL. I'm like, yeah, he did it against the same six AHL teams every week. Like, let's see if he can do it against... I, it's different. Even if the North, even if you want to argue that the North just as good as the other four divisions, the fact that it was only against the same six teams over and over and over... It will be more impressive, obviously, over 82 games. It will be more impressive if he's doing it against every defense, every goalie in the league every night. I think if he can even come close, if he can top, like, even if it goes over, like, 120, 130, that is going to be fun to watch. Yeah, and I think, you know, I'm sure in a couple of weeks we will have some fun with some uh, kind of maybe individual prop bets when we, you know, bring in for for Granger things. And that that it's going to be interesting to see as we get closer to October, the, the middle of October, where is the line for McDavid, right? And 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 how, how, how it moves and what we think it could be. So we'll have some fun with that. Speaking of fun, Jesse, I think a lot of people had fun with Monday night football. And first, forget the fact that it was an overtime game because that was uh, that was thrilling between Baltimore and, uh, and and the Raiders. But I think what a lot of people had fun with was the ESPN alternate feed featuring uh, Peyton Manning and Eli Manning. And they're going to be doing this every Monday. And it got me thinking about what if the NHL did this? 
what if we had an alternate feed or broadcast where two guys or two players or two, whoever they are, just riff a little bit, have some fun while the game's going on, maybe bring in some special guests. And, you know, I threw this out on Twitter, but let, let me ask you this question first. As a sports fan, could you get into an entire 60-minute hockey game where you're not getting the play-by-play? Jesse, you're not getting play-by-play. You're getting two ex-players just shooting the breeze, having some fun, kind of commenting from time to time on what's going on, but they're not giving you the traditional play-by-play and analysis. Like, could you do that all the time, some of the time? Like, what's your what's your take on that? Absolutely for me. Sign me up. Um, I would say I think it's more of – it's a regular season um, – setup like it, it favors the regular season I don't think it favors big games if it's a playoff game that my team that I'm rooting for has to win I want play by play like I that for me that's just the traditionalist in me but 82 games that's a long regular season if half of those I watch like I've personally watched the Manning broadcast the entire time I I had my channel on ESPN too I watched the Manning brothers the entire game and it was awesome you got to have the right people, obviously, for it to work. Um, Peyton was awesome. Eli is, he's kind of just there. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, and then they had guests. And it was, it was, I really liked it. It was, it went better than I thought it would um, before, before I watched it. And I think hockey uh, lends itself. I think hockey would be a lot of fun. And I think there are a lot of characters in hockey that would be great um, to do it. I, I personally think it's a good idea. But like I said, I think it's more for, to kind of break up the monotony of an 82 game regular season. I, I don't want that happening in a big game. No. And, and I agree with you. And I think, though, like the, the pace of a football game, I think really lends itself to that. Even baseball would probably lend itself yeah. to that because you have these brief bursts of action from four seconds to 10 seconds. And then you have, you know, 30, 45 second intermittent, like kind of inter- intermittent uh, breaks. And then, so it lends itself to it. But do you think that the cadence of a hockey game, it would be like, there's just too much going on too often for this to work in hockey? I think you have to do it differently. And like, honestly, I think that those, like watching the Manning brothers, they kind of learned, like, I think early on Peyton was trying to break down every play and then he would be three plays behind. And it was like, he realized, like, I got to change the way I'm doing this. And they're kind of learning as they go. So I think it would be a learning process. Like, I think it would change as they, as they kind of got used to the cadence of hockey. Hockey's obviously not as good for it as football, because like you said, it's, it's constant action, but there are only a few goals a game usually. So there are like, it, there is some, even though there's action, there is some time to just kind of talk and, and break things down. And I think you just want to hear these guys tell stories, right? Like, I don't know, a, some guy on the ice lays a huge hit and then this guy can talk about the time he laid him out. Like, I don't know, just stories more than like actually breaking down the plays. I think people want to hear stories. Yeah, I'm with you. And, and listen, before we, we're going to get to some, we threw this out on social media on Wednesday, we got some terrific responses, great traction. When we asked the question to hockey fans, if you could pick any two former players, who would you pick and who would you like to hear just kind of sit down and listen to them chat during the course of the game? So I'd like to hear from Jesse Granger before we get to some of these submissions from, from, from hockey fans. Who's your dream team, the dynamic duo for you? 
Uh, well, <laughs> we talked about this earlier, but I think Hashik and Wall would be a lot of fun um, as a goalie. I don't, I don't know if, if everyone would get sick of listening them t- to them talk about the two goalies for 60 minutes. I don't know how long that would last. But And then the other guy that when you, when you brought this question to me uh, when we were talking about doing this for the show, the guy who immediately came to my head, and he was, he's, he's in quite a bit of these Twitter uh, replies, so I'm not the only one, is Ilya Brizgalov. Oh, because my he gosh. is just so entertaining and like everyone knows the 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 famous quotes about the universe it's so huge big humongous humongous yeah but but to me i remember uh in 2012 they asked him uh who scares him on the penguins lineup oh yeah he's like i'm not afraid of anyone well i'm afraid of bears in the forest (laughs) give me 60 minutes of that guy he just it doesn't even need to be about hockey like i said this doesn't have to be intense breakdown maybe pair him with someone who's a little more analytical and 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 can can verbalize the game a little better uh and and i think brisgolov would be phenomenal oh man and his voice is hilarious too it's a kind of that high pitch i always think of that one quote he's like this this holy game this holy game and Why you like, have to be mad? Yeah, it's only game. Why you have to be mad? And it's like this guy would be amazing in the booth for. And it, and it's interesting, right? So many of the submissions we got from people on social media were goalies. And yes. you you brought in Hashik and Wah. Breeze Galov came in uh, a whole bunch. Uh, Marty Biron, who is one of the the, the best uh, analysts out there, actually Martin Biron jumped into this Twitter thread. Yeah, and and he said that they did this on the French language. So up in Canada, they have a, um, an all sports uh, network in French called RDS. And Martin Biron says he was part of one of these broadcasts last season, along with former NHL coach Guy Boucher. So nice. I get look, they've kind of experimented with this before. I like this. Okay, and I think like I'm a big fan of and i don't know if you would have ever covered him based on his career and where it ended but martin brodeur i spoke with brodeur for some stories on flurry yeah so so i have and he's hilarious exactly and i think he's really hilarious he's super insightful yes and he's like he comes in the same way that the manning brothers have that i mean they both got super bowl rings right like it adds a there's a layer of credibility there right like for sure um and i do think that this is what I think hockey has always lacked, although we've we've noticed it a little bit. It's changed a little bit with this. Now they got Gretzky and Messier. But like when you go to watch the NFL, it's like Randy Moss. That guy might be the greatest receiver of all time. Yep. You've got, you know, Michael Strahan, arguably one of the best defensive players of his generation. Terry Deion Bradshaw. Sanders. Yeah. Deion Sanders. Troy Aikman, like these guys Michael are Irvin. all, yeah. you know, but you go to hockey and it's like, well, this guy was a fourth liner and this like, so I like the idea of Marty Brodeur because not only does he have the personality, it's hard to find personality and Hall of Fame credentials in the hockey world, I find. Right, yeah, well, it's like Peyton, Peyton is the funny guy and <laughs> the guy who breaks down all the plays, like Brodeur is hockey's version of that for sure. Yeah, that, that's what I think too, and so in hockey, you don't have as many Guys who have both, they can check both the boxes. Yeah, man, that guy's hilarious. And he's a Hall of Famer, right? Like right. the Charles Barkley type of, you know, every sport seems to to potentially have one. Uh, we got a couple of submissions in here too. Uh, one person said, wouldn't it be fun to do Marty Brodeur and pair him off with Sean Avery? <laughs> that yes. might be, I mean, I, I don't know that those two would ever get into the the same booth after that uh, that playoff series, whatever that oh seven or oh eight, but uh, that would be fun. I, I don't mind this one. Okay, you tell me what you think. We got a submission in here saying, "Give me Adam Oates and Joe Thornton because they'd be two great players 
one of them is super cerebral and the other guy is an easygoing character. So Oates obviously being kind of the cerebral guy and Joe Thornton yeah. being the, the have some fun. Right. I think I think Joe Thornton is like you ask like N- NHL fans who what player do you want to have a beer with? I think Joe Thornton is like the pop like one of the more popular guys for that answer. Yeah. And he's that's I think that's kind of the 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 right way to go about it if you're going to do it is get one guy that's that's the cerebral guy and one guy that's the everyone who kind of wants to just hang out with that guy and, and, and watch a hockey game sort of thing. And Joe Thornton fits that perfectly for me. Another guy who got a lot of love is Brett Hall. Oh, yeah. You know, Brett Hall. But I want Brett Hall only singing Gloria. Remember when he when the, the Blues <laughs> well, won the cup? All the all the submissions that said Brett Hall, you, most of them had some form of but not sober. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think Brett Hall is, again, he is one of those rarities in the hockey world personality plus Hall of Fame credentials and a couple of Stanley Cup rings too, right? Right. Dallas and Detroit. And I think he would be a lot of fun in that type of uh, environment. Lots of love too for Roberto Luongo. For sure. Right? And Roberto's one of the the guys who up until he got onto Twitter, you were like, this guy is high strung, high maintenance, whatever. Then he got on Twitter, you're like, damn, this guy's funny. He's great. Really funny. Right. Yeah. No, I think just like you said, based off of following him on Twitter, I think he'd be phenomenal on there. And and he's got the credentials like he, he doesn't have a cup, but the guy's got like, a, again, a, a layer of um, respect, a layer of, of credation there. Um, I think I think he'd be great. Yeah, I, I think so, too. And I think the, the fact of the matter is with with him, he's so like he's so like, but he, I just wonder, like, as long as he could do, deliver it in the same manner that he does on Twitter, right? Like Twitter, he's so funny, so sharp. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I don't know. He's just so, Can't, yeah, he's Can't hilarious. He be as sharp on the broadcast as he is like with time to think about it and draft it out on Twitter. Exactly. Right. So we, you know, love hearing, like we got just a, a ton of submissions here and I'd love it too. If, if the NHL actually did this and you'd have to think with them going under the ESPN umbrella, that there'd be, you know, there'd be a chance for something like this to happen, right? Especially if the Manning, if the Manning thing works, um, like, like obviously it did well first week. We'll see how it does going forward. If it works, I definitely think so. A guy who is not retired yet, but when we were, when I was thinking about this, I couldn't stop thinking about him is Paul Stasny. And I got to cover him in Vegas. And obviously Paul is super high, a hockey IQ and everyone knows that, but I think not all hockey players with great on ice IQ, they don't all verbalize the sport. Well, Um, some hockey players know the game so well, but they can't teach it to you as well. Like they just know it. Whereas Paul, anytime a play happened and I'm like, man, I wonder like who was supposed to have that guy or, or why did this guy get open? Why did that happen? I'd go in the room, I'd talk to Paul and I would be a thousand times smarter after having spoken to Paul Stasny than I did before. I think, and he's a guy who's 35. He's probably close to retirement. Sign me up for Paul Stasny, 82 games. I'll watch all of them. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven us based live customer service from discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, tell you what, Jesse, we're just talking about... uh you know, athletes and players in the hockey world that people would love to hear from in the booth. I have a suspicion a lot of people would uh, 
would put this guest on the list. And we're very pleased to bring into the Athletic Hockey Show uh, on this Thursday, Vegas Golden Knights goalie, Robin Leonard. And it's a good morning to uh, to Robin. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. A little bit early, but uh, I'm fine. <laughs> We'll get we'll get the cobwebs out for you here with a couple of nice easy uh, questions because hey listen we're about a week away uh, from this started training camp and I think a lot of people this is the, the standard question of how'd you spend your summer what what did Robin Leonard do in the summertime and, and maybe get a little bit of downtime oh I um, um, now I went back to Sweden I went back to Sweden for for a bit I was traveling a little bit with. Um, uh, some friends and um, not nah, just uh, you know with all this uh, with all the co- uh, this whole COVID period here you know I thought uh, I I felt like I needed a mental break so took uh, took quite a bit of time off there and then I rather I took longer time off than uh, I trained a lot harder in a shorter time you know so I kind of got both parts of a little bit of a mental break, but then also ramp up and get ready for a season. We ask you guys all the time about like resetting your body over the off season. Um, how important, I mean, it's a lot of stress playing the NHL. It's, it's a, it's obviously a, a high profile position. How, how much does resetting in the off season mentally help? No, it's uh, uh no, it really helps. I mean, you know, it's, uh, especially for the last couple of, um, you know, as I said, ever since since COVID, you know, it uh, it's been pretty, you know, special schedule and special circumstances, and uh, it just uh, yeah, felt like need a little bit of a break, you know, and uh, you know, have you have some fun, be with some friends, and travel a bit, and just kind of yeah, take some time for your for yourself in your own head too so no it was uh, it's been good and uh been back here now for for a little bit uh and uh get back to it so it uh feels good to be back it feels nice to be back with the guys and really excited for uh for camp next week for sure now that now that you guys are all kind of back and, and you're ramping up how excited are you for this season no definitely it's uh uh you know a little bit more of a normal season, you know, uh, the kind of back to the same schedule, playing all the teams, all that stuff. You know, it's, uh, um, it seems like forever you played some teams, you know, right. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, some, some places you really like to go, uh, they, some of your favorite cities and all that stuff. And now nah, just, uh, just back, come back, uh, be, it being a little bit no, uh, more normal, you know? So it's, uh, it's definitely a little bit of a boost and a look, yeah, it's, uh, uh, I'm really looking forward to it. And I'm sure Robin, it might be a little bit different because Marc-Andre Fleury has been a staple of that Vegas Golden Knights team. What's it going to be like going to training camp? And I know you had a very good relationship with him, uh, not having flower there, uh, in training camp. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a double-edged, uh, I mean, I don't know if it's even a double-edged sword. I, I don't know. It. I. I really like Flower. You know, we uh, last uh, last year we really connected. You know, so obviously, you know, uh, forget his goal. He was, uh, you know, was a good teammate. You know, and uh, uh, turned into, you know, 
uh, a pretty good relationship. So uh, definitely going to miss him. Um, and uh, again, you know, it's uh, for me, it's no different going in this year than any other years. You know, uh, uh, I've been competing with uh, a lot of good goalies over over my career. It's uh, I think it's good. I think it's uh, something that's needed. Um, I think uh, two good goalies are needed in today's NHL. But uh, again, you know, yeah, expectations, all that stuff is obviously uh, going to be a bit different now. And uh, uh, it's going to be a lot of pressure this year. But uh, it's also something that I haven't, that I'm not ready. Uh, like, I'm, I'm ready for that. You know, I've been uh, I'm over that hurdle. I think it's the 12th season I'm going into now. So, um, just got to try to prepare your best and we have a good team and I, I'm confident in my abilities and I feel like I've prepared really good for this season and we have another what is a little bit less than a month left until uh, the season starts so still a bunch of work left to be put in. You talk about um, competition is good and obviously you and Flower played really well together allowed the fewest goals in the league last year but it is a little different um and and you have a little more of a defined role. Is it is it nice? Is is that part of it good? Because as as well as you guys both played, it was kind of you you, you don't really have a defined role. You're going to find out next game what my role is for this game. I think going into this year, you have a little bit more of a defined role. Is that part of it good? And and obviously pressure comes with that being the guy. Um, but but you guys, I mean, that's the pressure you want, right? Yeah. No. I mean, that's the pressure every athlete wants. You know, it's uh, it's nothing different. I think. Yeah. You know, things uh, just becomes a little bit. You know, when it when it's come to the whole situation, ever since I got here with me and Flowers, it's been a little bit uh, bigger than it was supposed to be. You understand what I mean? But yeah. uh, that comes with sports too. I mean, I've been through that stuff with many different teams. Um, you know, there's always got to be something. But you know, in the end of the day, Flo uh, Flower is a huge personality and is such a great guy. You know, and loved by a lot a lot of people. So. Um, uh, but again, I, I don't, I don't look at it, the, the way you guys are, uh, kind of framing it, like, you know, that my role is different or that, uh, I'm the guy I, you know, I go in every season, no matter what, you know, if you're a professional athlete, you want to perform, you go in and you think you're the guy, you know, I, uh, you know, last season was, was a bit different, uh, obviously, you know, uh, uh, with, uh, with the schedule and all that stuff. And, you know, uh, I felt like, uh, I was given the opportunity to be, uh, be the guy in, uh, last season too. Um, I was a bit different with a short camp and all that stuff coming off the surgery and, uh, then get my concussion and, you know, how, how good was it for our team that we had two really good goalies, you know, uh, what, what if, you know, he gets, uh, injured, you know, like it's, it, it's, uh, it's a good thing and mm -hmm. it's turned into such a negative thing. But uh, to the other point of me being the guy here, you know, we, uh, uh, Brasser is, uh, that's with us now. He's a really good goalie too. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not going to sit here and nothing is just, um, you can't take anything for granted in, in this league. It's the biggest mistake you can make. You know, uh, there's a lot of good goalies in this league. We, we added another good, uh, a good goalie to to our team here, and I expect to compete with him too. Uh, I expect him to push me too. I expect uh, uh, Logan to push me too. 
you know it's uh, uh, it's just the way it has to be because uh, you know as soon as you sit down it's like yeah now it's if you if you take the the foot off the pedal and just think that it's given to you it, it, you see a lot of goalies around the league you know they they're very successful like kind of breaking into the league and then they sign their contract and then they're this the starter you know and named starter going forward with without kind of don't have to perform and how does it go how has it gone for a lot of those goalies you know um yeah you 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 i don't have that mindset so i am uh, uh you know I'm doing the best I can to prepare to be as good as I can for this team and compete with my teammates. Uh, and um, yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to sit and say, obviously if I perform, I'm probably going to play a bit more than, uh, than I have uh, since uh, uh, coming here. But again, ever since I came here, it's been very diff different circumstances, you know, right. uh, came here, uh, played like was a part of like five games before COVID hit. And then we went into shutdown and then we went into the bubble and, you know, I got to play the uh, majority of the games in the bubble. And uh, uh, again, last season, it was, you know, very fortunate. We had two good goalies and Flower played amazing last year. So um, I'm personally just very happy that he kept on going and he, he, he gave it a shot and went to Chicago because, you know, he has a lot of hockey left in him. He, he really does. So uh, I was very happy to see him take that decision and, and go on, uh, go there and, and keep going. You know, Robin, I think uh, we, we look at your Vegas Golden Knights team and, and Mark Stone is obviously face of the franchise in many ways. And, uh, you know, I think for a lot of people who don't may not realize, you and Mark Stone used to ride the bus together in, uh, in Binghamton, like almost 10 years ago. And I just want to know, did Robin Leonard see greatness in Mark Stone even back then? Because this guy wasn't a, a high draft pick, and obviously he's turned in one of the best right-wingers in the game. What does Robin Leonard remember about Mark Stone in the American Hockey League? I get the, I mean, uh, I, had been, I had been in Ottawa for, for, for a bit before, um, I think for a couple of years uh, uh, before he came, uh, uh, before he came along. And yeah, I mean, uh, what I remember about him is kind of, you know, he's obviously developed uh, um, uh, developed into one of the best players in the league. Uh, and back then he was also very good. But what uh, what I remember is just the same person, you know, he, you know, work hard, um, just his uh, work, work ethic. And um, yeah, just being a professional and a very nice guy, you know. Um, and, uh, yeah, and then, uh, obviously, um, um, he, he, he's everything you want in a captain, you know, uh, and, uh, it, uh, it's always new, you know, being a, being a captain of a team. And I think he did a great, uh, uh, great last year, you know, but, uh, it also comes with burdens, you know, and, uh, uh, he, I just I believe he's just gonna keep getting better and better, you know, because it's a it's a learning curve to to be a captain too, as much as it's a learning curve in all types of different positions in sports. So uh, you so sometimes you might take uh, a little bit too much on your shoulders, and you know 
take a little bit too much responsibility and you know he man he 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 does so much the the right way you know and we're so lucky to have him as captain Robbie you, you talked about your pregame routine with the iPad breaking down video and last spring you were very open that part of your pregame routine uh, I think it was before game 4 against Montreal was you were actually actively scrolling through Twitter and I never understood how an athlete could do that can you walk our listeners through explain to us how you could read negative comments about yourself so close to game time and not be rattled by it because a lot of us would be too insecure to read nasty stuff written about us i mean yeah i think everyone's a little bit different i mean it's also again it's a it's a year to year thing it's been it's been such a been such a pleasure but it's also been such a circus uh, around the whole me and mark thing here in here here in vegas right and uh, it's almost like you know as i said i think i'm going into my 12th 12th professional year here uh, uh and uh it's you know i just feel like uh, sometimes you know i don't get the credit that i deserve and um it's uh you know when i get the opportunity to play or when i started in bubble or this last playoffs or you know when i got back from my injury with a concussion and stuff it's always you know so negative and sometimes uh, when the narrative around town is uh, pretty negative towards me when it comes to 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 the position it uh, it helps me get going you know it's uh, it's uh, it's um yeah sometimes it's just it's it's uh, it just gets me going for games you know it's just see what people say and see what people what the narrative around me is and what the uh because you know at the end of the day everyone gets going in different ways and you know you you find motivation at the at in different places and you know i i find it in a lot of places and uh, um but in the end of the day, I think the best place for me to get my motivation is just having, is having fun and, you know, go out and just compete and try to win games. And uh, I am competitive, but when I'm in a good mindset, but sometimes when there's a circus like this and it becomes like this pressure situation that I'm kind of put in with all this, with this whole narrative, you got to find other ways to do it. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's um, if the narrative and the whole thing wouldn't be so negative around when I was playing and all this stuff. I, I wouldn't be doing it, but you know, again, you get to play, you play the ball as it lies. Uh, and, uh, you, you just got to try to adapt and do, do what you need to do to be as ready for a game as possible. We, uh, we appreciate the time, Robin. Uh, we'll wrap it up with this. So you've, you've done so much, um, for the mental health community. And I, and I'd like to specifically ask you, um, on on the last podcast you did, you kind of brought up that that you thought you you took a contract, you you took less money to get that um, term, and and I think a lot of people misread that, maybe took it the wrong way, and said, "Oh, Robin's saying he's underpaid, he's he's complaining about his salary," and that's clearly not what you meant by that. And I and I'd like to give you the chance to just kind of talk about you you see yourself as as a an, an example, a symbol for for other people who are dealing with things, and and the fact that that you as an NHL goalie who's prepared, who's, who's played as well as you have had to take less other people out there who, who have other jobs that aren't 
coming on podcasts every day and in the spotlight like that, they also have to go through things like that. And you were kind of just using yourself as, as an example of, we need, we need to give people the, the same opportunities when they've shown that they deserve them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I got nothing to clarify that except that I am not, I'm not complaining or crying about my situation in life. I'm not complaining or, you know, crying about my contract with Vegas. I'm very right. appreciative that I'm here in Vegas and I have a five-year deal. But yes, I'm underpaid. It's just a fact. Uh, if I didn't tell my story, if I've been quiet, if I haven't been trying to help with the mental health and be open and honest and all these things, I 100% would make a lot more money. It's very simple. Uh, every contract negotiations ever since I came out with my story and uh, uh, went to rehab and all that stuff has not been even close to what any other one has had in the league. You know, you in sports, athletes have numbers and athletes have statistics and that puts you in a group uh, and that's where you negotiate. And usually you get an offer from the other team. I haven't got offers from the other teams. I had, we had to come with offers, right. you know? Uh, and uh, when we present statistics where I'm exactly or above a lot of other players and make a lot more money and get a lot more term and all that stuff, not before, before even the, before the Vegas contract, right? Like right. even when we talk with Chicago and Long Island, all that stuff, you know, it's in the end of the day in, I'm just trying to, why I'm saying that and why I even open my mouth about this, because it might piss some people off, and, but that's not what it's for. It's just to show that in this world, in any negotiation, if it's in sports or corporation or whatever it is, it's about leverage and me being open and honest about these things that a lot of other people also deal with, but hides, gives the other side leverage. And then they can put it as a risk. Uh, but in my opinion is, if, I, if I'm open about these things and I have a network around me and I have my things, how I deal with it and being open with it, how am I more of a risk than all the other guys that also have the same issues, but the GMs don't know about it or the coaches don't know about it or the CEOs or owners of other businesses don't know about it, right? That's a risk to me, you know, and yeah, I'm just trying to help normalize some things because in the end of the day, I, I believe we're all struggling with something in a certain point in time of our lives. I think a lot more people than what's being said have, uh, have issues, uh, mentally and you know i i've seen it throughout my career man with uh, so many different players and they just don't get any help because we got to be quiet and that leads to more people struggling and not making it as good as to their potential and sad things uh, sad things happen so uh yeah i'm i'm not afraid to say that i'm uh, i'm underpaid but that's not a jab at the golden knights or at any other team is just a fact uh, and that can be backed up right and i think the bigger the bigger picture and i think the, the thing the thing that's more important to you is is like robin leonard you you have leverage you're one of the best goalies in the world and and you're still struggling to get 
like the 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 compensation whereas there are other people out there who who just work a normal 9 to 5 job and those people don't have that type of leverage and and they need this to be normalized so that they can make a living and that they can do and 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 and, and that more people will come out with with and and talk more openly about their issues right yeah no for sure and it's 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 a, it's a hard topic to talk about to be quite honest because everyone can twist my words and all that stuff and the most common thing is oh you know Oh, poor hockey player, a millionaire making a lot of money crying about it. No, I'm not, man. I'm not crying about it. I'm just saying, stating simply because of what I speak for and for mental health, I have not got the fair compensation that I should have had because of my mental health. It's simple. It's night and day. It's simple, man. It's uh, ever, you know, when you go through. Uh, when you go through the statistics uh, uh, before uh, before last year, I signed this contract, and we did. I did the negotiation with Chicago and all that stuff. It was ever since Buffalo, to be quite honest, where people, you know, I was so bad in Buffalo, but I had best, you know, statistic there in my three year tenure that I've been since Ryan Miller had, you know, but we weren't winning. Um, but you know, when we all the the three last negotiations, when you take the last two, three, four, five years, and even, you know, in save percentage and all types of, uh, you know, the statistics that are very hard to measure for goalies, to be honest, but I'm up there, you know, it's top, top three, top five, uh, minimum like top seven in, in most in most things. You understand what I mean? Yep. And uh, in Buffalo, it was a lot like, oh, well, the win percentage is not good enough no but then how's the win percentage been uh, in you know long island chicago and here you understand what it's uh it's it's up there when you're in a good like look at uh, look at gibson one of my favorite goalies i think he is a top he's one of the top goalies 100 percent. Mm-hmm. when he had a when and i was good you know everyone like he was considered being one of the best goalies in the league. He still is. Yep. But now people, you know, now it's a lot more uh, negative around him, right? You know, mm-hmm. because when you're not winning, the goalies gets it. Then the coach gets it. Then the D-man gets it. Then the forward gets it. It's just the ranking order, how it, how it works. Yep. And uh, again, it's not about crying, about sh- shining some light to, uh, it's just unfortunate because, uh, I, I just believe that a lot of people are struggling with things and we're humans. And in the end of the day, you, if you, uh, take, uh, take care of your problems and you, you know, you work with them and all that stuff, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be that way. And, um, I will keep answering honestly to that question because it's an important one. And I'm not saying it to complain for Robin Leonard. I'm just saying it to, to keep shining light on how it is and that's something that i would like to change that's part of the that's the stigma right there people talk about what stigma is that's stigma that is what it is you can't be open and honest about something that you're struggling with or you will get punished how is that not more stigma than uh you you understand what i mean yeah yeah uh, i don't uh, uh so if we don't start uh being more accepting of people's faults and people are not going to get help and people are not gonna you know do it in a in a way which 
which makes you healthier. So uh, that's why I say it. I don't say it to complain about anything. I'm extremely happy to be here in, uh, in Vegas. I'm extremely happy with my contract here in Vegas. I am. I'm just saying that uh, I'm not being compensated towards my comparables. That's pretty much the, the best way I can um, uh, I can put it. And you can even mm-hmm. see, I, I think I t- tweeted about it earlier this summer, you know, and people take it right away. Like I, uh, people, I went on a, another podcast earlier this summer and uh, was speaking about this stuff and it turned in, bit negative but again people twist the twist my words a bit uh and sometimes i might have to be a little bit better at explaining but um they see me as putting other goalies down which i definitely do not you know i was talking about uh markstrom i was talking about all mark i was talking about a few new contracts around the league right and um they're all great go- every goalie in this league are great i'm just saying sim- simple facts of you know, look at Allmark. He gets the same deal as I have. How many games have he played in the league? How many How many years have he been uh, healthy? Right. Yeah. How many years have he been healthy? Has he had one healthy year yet? But my mental, my mental health, uh, my mental health is a risk. But being injured every year is not. Do you understand? What I'm like again, that people say, "Oh, now I'm putting down Olmark." No, I'm not. I'm taking this as a conversation piece into it. Mental health being stigmatized, where you can have hip surgeries or knee surgeries or all types of problems every year, and that's not a risk. I mean, I had one concussion in Ottawa. I had a fluke. Uh, I destroyed my ankle in Buffalo, and then I had uh, a concussion last year. Uh, <clears throat> that doesn't happen very often was kind of a, a bad luck thing last year you know like i I've, I've been pretty healthy you understand what i'm saying and mm-hmm. um but all mark gets this uh i played a lot more games i've been in the top three top five in all statistics i get the five for five and then people say well he went to the open market <laughs> listen man i i have newport sports uh top agents in the in the league uh, got uh, some of the biggest contracts in the league. You think if I thought that I was going to get more money on the open market, I wouldn't go go there. But it was not always about. Eventually, it wasn't always about go, go and get the most money in the open market either. It was about having a good playing situation. But I also know you you know before where you are. You know, like your agents talks to right. to to other GMs. You know, like if. Uh, like the when I knew, when we were negotiating here in Vegas, I I know what other teams were willing to pay me, and it wasn't more than here. You understand? So people, oh well, he went to the open market. That's why he got more. Well, and then uh, you know, even well, you Marks, hit the open market three years in a row, also. Yeah, exactly. And they, you know, and 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 the other part, like then Markstrom, he, he texted me because everyone was like saying so he didn't hear the podcast, but people were saying, oh, he was talking bad about. It. I was talking bad about Markstrom. I I, I know Markstrom. We taxing i told him let's go in and listen to it and he agreed to everything i said i mean markstrom and i we came into the league around the same time and a lot of different circumstances for both of us you know we played in different teams as said you know hockey position the goalie position is a lucky one you know depending on which team you get into and you know uh you know if you go uh, if you break into the league on a bad team at the start you know a lot of those goalies they don't make it no matter how good they are you understand what i mean mm-hmm. but uh, 
uh, Marsham had a fantastic year. Uh, uh, the, the year before he signed with, uh, Calgary was, uh, in my opinion, should probably have been one of the best ne- uh, nominates, uh, that year. And, uh, but I also I had a lot uh, I had a bunch of those years and with the comparables we have the same agents I know his uh, career statistics I I, fo- I follow a lot of that stuff you know and uh, I get a five for five he gets a six for six I I don't think it reflects it, it doesn't reflect our performance you understand what I'm uh, th- that's all I'm saying and again I'm not taking that as a shot to Markstrom because Markstrom is a fantastic hockey goalie he <coughs> uh, he's a great guy. But I feel obligated in my journey to be able to speak up honestly about this without trying to hurt anyone's feelings uh, because I speak for a big crowd of people that struggle with mental health. And if no one talks about it, how can there ever be any change? And I'm not certain there's going to be any change, but I'm, I'm, I'm at least trying to be honest about things to try to open some people's eyes because I've had so many coaches, GMs throughout the last bunch of years and people working with teams, all that stuff, you know, that not on purposely punish me with the leverage part and all that stuff. But then when it's done, you know, it's, well, someone in my family is struggling with this. I've been struggling with this. So my son or my daughter or my grand, you, you, you know, like it's funny how everyone, kind of has the same issues when the business is done it's it's just how it is uh, it's not like the people that make the decisions a lot of them have the same issues that's that's this twisted part of my in my mind and that's why i speak up about it well listen robin as as we say goodbye to you here the i think the only way that uh, the conversation gets changed and the stigma is removed is when People like yourself are willing to be this open, uh, this honest. So uh, both Jesse and I really appreciate you taking uh, taking a few minutes. We wish you the best of luck uh, this upcoming season. And thanks for being such a strong men- uh, advocate for mental health because I think the uh, the sport needs it. Yeah, thank you very much, guys. Appreciate it. All right, Jesse, I'll tell you what. We, uh, we probably uh, could have gone another 30 or 40 minutes with Robin Leonard. He is one of the most uh, unique, honest, transparent, outspoken – athletes that you're going to find on the planet and uh it was a real pleasure to, to chat with him and have him open up a little bit about mental health and his relationship with Mark andre Fleury and the pressure that he's under and all that uh, that stuff uh, it's uh, i'm sure our our our, uh, our subscribers on the print side can look forward to something from you just sure. based off that interview definitely yeah he's he's great they we always ask the athletes to be more honest and we always we always love that and and there's no one more honest than robin leonard yeah so uh, we're going to wrap up this episode of the podcast. Now, usually when we do the Thursday show with Sean McIndoe, we do things like This Week in Hockey History in a mailbag. But listen, we'll get back to the normal stuff, uh, quote unquote, next week. But we got Jesse Granger in here for a little Granger things to wrap up this episode of the podcast. As always, this uh, segment sponsored by BetMGM, the exclusive betting partner with us at The Athletic. And Jesse, let's have some fun here to wrap up the show. You've got a couple of fun prop bets from our friends at BetMGM. Let me start with this one because I think this is fascinating, okay? You can take the uh, the winner of the Stanley Cup. It could either be one of Yaramir Yager's former teams, which feels like it's half the league, or any other team to win the Stanley Cup. So can you 
Can you explain to our listeners how this prop bet works? It's either Yaramir Yager's former teams or somebody he didn't play for to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, so so MGM has done some really cool things with these props. They have come with come up with a bunch of several really creative ways to bet the Stanley Cup. And and that's what they all are. There there are quite a few of them on there, but they're all to win the Stanley Cup and they kind of divide the league in different ways. And and as you mentioned, maybe the most unique way is will a team Yarmir Yager played on win the cup and that's yes is plus 220 and you said it's half the league it's 28 percent of the league he played on nine teams boston washington new jersey calgary philadelphia florida pittsburgh the rangers and dallas um some pretty good teams in there obviously boston washington uh florida teams that 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 are play expected to make the playoffs but you you get plus 220 with the yes so that means a hundred dollar bet wins you 220 dollars um that is the underdog so obviously tampa colorado those are the cup favorites none of those uh obviously yager didn't play for either of those teams so it's not the favorite for one of his teams to win but you can bet yes one of his former teams will win a hundred dollars would win you 220 if you want to bet no one of those nine teams will not win the cup it's minus 300 so uh, you're basically getting a third of what you bet a 300 dollars bet would pay a hundred dollars um pretty interesting to me the one that stuck out was uh usa versus canada you you can bet which country will win the stanley cup and obviously uh canada came real close last year it's the closest they've come in a while uh canada is a plus 425 underdog um so a hundred dollar bet wins you 425 bucks obviously you've got the leafs the oilers i don't know if i would bet canada to win the cup because to me that like ottawa who you cover, like you're not getting much value there, right? Like if you're going to bet Ottawa, you can get them an an insane number to where if they win the cup, you'd win so much money. The only team like, like the Leafs plus 1200, they're, they're the the favorite out of Canada. I think if I was going to bet this, I would just prefer to bet a couple of the Canadian teams rather than bet on Canada, because I don't think there's that much value there because there aren't that many teams in Canada that have a legitimate chance of winning the cup. Yeah, you might say, well, your odds are you know, seven out of 32 teams. But realistically, like you said, it's probably only two. You could maybe talk me into Winnipeg, maybe, right? Like yeah. Winnipeg, if things go their way. I know there's going to be Habs fans listening saying that, well, our team went to the cup final last year, but it felt like it was a little bit of a you know, magic carpet ride more than you know, sustained success. So I'm with you there. I also thought this prop bet was interesting. You could take a team either you take a team that has never won the Stanley Cup before. So these are franchises like Ottawa, Vancouver, the Panthers, you know, et cetera. So I think, is it 12 teams that have never won the Stanley Cup before? Yeah, 12 teams. Um, And obviously... Vegas is is the third favorite to win the cup, and that's that's included yep. in that. So you, so you do get uh, some legitimate contenders: uh, Winnipeg, Florida, Columbus, who's kind of going the other direction, but they're still a playoff team most years. Uh, and you can get yes plus two sixty. Um, I kind of like if if I was going to bet Vegas to win the cup, I think I might bet this instead because you can still get decent odds plus two sixty, and you've got a bunch of options. You've got twelve teams that can win it. Another one that I that, that I think is super interesting is original six or non-original six. And obviously, you're only getting six teams there, but you get Boston, who who's expected to, to contend. I mean, they lost some guys, but they're still one of the higher teams in terms of odds. Toronto, 
the Rangers are, are probably the next closest. Um, you can get that at plus 360 uh, for original six or non-original six. So yeah, there, there are a bunch of them up there. I just think it's fun to find other ways to bet. And I think as betting has become more nationally accepted, we're starting to get more interesting and more creative ways. And, and this is just another fun way to, to put something in there to maybe have some, something on the line at the end of the season um, in, in a different way than just betting a single team. Yeah, and you know what, and and we're looking forward to uh, to doing this all season long with you on the uh, the the Granger Things uh, segment. So listen, hey, thank you for pinch hitting here. You knocked this sucker out of the park. This was uh, this was a ton of fun. The hour and change uh, flew by, Jesse. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was it was a blast. It's it's fun to come on here and and, and talk for longer than ten minutes. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So listen, it was great to have you. And uh, we want to remind our listeners, if you didn't get a chance to listen to the Tuesday edition of the Athletic Hockey Show, Sean Gentili and guest co-host Max Boltman, they had uh, Penguins head coach Mike Sullivan and chatted with him all about Team USA for the upcoming Olympic Games. So make sure you check out that episode if you missed it. Thanks for joining us. We'll get you again next week. Like I said, Sean McAdoo should be back as our co-host uh, next week. So we're looking forward to that. You can always leave us uh, a mailbag question by emailing to the athletic hockey show at gmail.com and if you're not a subscriber with us on the print side of things you can join us at the athletic.com slash hockey show you'll get 50 percent off an annual subscription you can also subscribe to the athletic audio plus on apple Podcasts. get all the bonus content from our entire network you can start with a 30-day free trial and then you go for just 99 cents a month after that